With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Deep Blue Sea, the podcast. I am your host, Jay Clurt, and Mark is still not here. Uh, he's still on paternity leave. And if you're wondering, do I sound a little different? Yes, I have a cold. It's fine. We're going to carry on through and ed- edit out anything you don't want to hear. Uh, so, what are we talking about this week? Well, we are continuing our Deep Blue Sea adjacent phase of the chapter series season of the podcast, where we're looking at films I'm unfamiliar with that are in some way related to Deep Blue Sea. And this week we are looking at Leviathan. What is Leviathan? I had the same question. Uh, It came out in 1989, directed by George P. Cosmatos, and it stars a lot of people from 1989. Peter Weller, Richard Crenna, Amanda Pays, Daniel Stern, Ernie Hudson, Michael Carmine, Lisa Eilbacher, Hector Elizondo. They are a crew of eight, eight people in a... A very, very deep mining rig uh, looking for silver and other things. Other precious metals, I think. Uh, They've been down there 87 days. Three days to go before they're due to be uh, evacuated from their, their, their work, their shift. And things start to go awry. So I'd never heard of this film before, uh, but I have a guest who did. Who had, fortunately. So he can come along <laughs> and be a fan of this. So... Uh, he was a guest back in the first season. We'll look at Deep Blue Sea. He was our, our final guest for the film, looking at the credits and that also glorious LL Cool J, Deepest Bluest, has like a shark's fin music video. Uh, joining us back from To the Escape Room is Robert, not To the Escape Room, to, from, to, uh, <laughs> from To the Escape Hatch is Robert Zervey. Robert, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It might as well be To the Escape Room because To the Escape Hatch doesn't really exist anymore. So. I had to say you're That's from right. something, just like from the concept of the internet in general, Robert right. Zerby, from the I'm from, the podcast we used to host together many years right. ago. From whatever podcast you're listening to right now, because he's on that and nothing else. <laughs> from this show again. <laughs> he only somehow exists on whatever podcast he's on at the at the moment. Um, Leviathan, yes. I why, why, why um, Leviathan? Why 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 Leviathan? I think, I mean, we were, I was alluding to some stuff I, I saw on IMDb that I didn't even know until just now, um, which, you know, it's, I think it's underrated, I th- or not rated at all, really. Like, I don't, I don't, 
know that I've heard about it discussed outside of the context of this podcast. I mean, it's it's one of those movies too that I was always in the peripheral uh growing up or, you know, not even necessarily growing up, just always. Like I remember probably 10 years ago seeing it. I don't think I actually watched all of it 10 years ago, but I either saw it you know, as an option to stream or, you know, coming up on uh, cable late at night. And then I actually, I think I had seen it prior to last year, but I did watch it last year. And um, so, yeah, it's it's always been, I think, kind of an underrated, um, very, you know, uh, as uh, you probably have seen, if you look it up, it's very alien. It's very <laughs> alien. <laughs> Very alien. I think I wrote at one point like they couldn't. I'm sure they were trying, but I wrote like they could not rip off Alien more if they tried. Well, that, that's um, it. it. It it feels like they are they pay an homage to it by, mm-hmm. you know, early on Daniel Stone's character Six Pack, wonderful name for him. Uh, right. Just just try it. If I asked someone to come up with a name for a Daniel Stone character, it would take a long, long time for I come up with Six Pack. As fitting, fitting him. I love Daniel Stern in many things, mainly Home Alone too. Uh, suck brick kid is uh, <laughs> will be on my gravestone, I think. Um, and but just that's the name that isn't for him. But yeah, he he finds a little like spider crab thing in the water that looks exactly like a face hugger. It couldn't look yeah. more like a face hugger whilst being a creature of the earth. So that mm-hmm. they are not being subtle with their alien parallels. I right. Well. The biggest one for me, and I'm going to blank on the actors and the characters' names and what exactly they're doing at the end of Alien, but they're going around um, with big canisters, like emptying them or filling them. And when Peter Weller and, I guess, Ernie Hudson, they're doing something, and but also I think Peter Weller is carrying around a flamethrower at one point, and that is just very, I mean, I guess that's maybe the flamethrower flamethrowers, maybe more aliens, but when they're doing something at the end of the movie, it's just, it, it, cause they're like kind of, you know, stopping every now and then to bend over and drag something around. And yeah. just really reminded me of whatever they were doing at the end of alien. Well, I'm, at the end of every one of these podcasts, I've been doing comparisons to how the, this film is like deep blue sea. And right. I really wanted to make a list of how it's like alien. But yeah. it would have been most of the film, I think. Uh, uh-huh. down, down to the uh, mysteriously evil doctor character, uh, who, right. like, he's on the, it's, it's, it's Richard, it's full spoilers for Leviathan. If you want to watch it, it's on YouTube in full. Just search Leviathan 1989. Thank you very much to Retro Horror Movies for putting it up there. I couldn't find it anywhere else. Uh, but, uh, Richard Crenna, Rambo's boss, is, is the doctor. He seems like he doesn't really care. Uh, he's been down right. for 87 days. He's like he's done. He's not really showing up for his job, even when people are sick and ill and dying. And then halfway, like as things go awry, as a creature, uh, and, and he will, he just decides he's going to kill everyone. <laughs> he's going to doom them all. <laughs> well, so okay, this may be up for debate because I, I mean, is that is that evil or is that a very honorable thing where he's trying to keep the creature contained? I mean, it's certainly evil from everyone else's perspective yeah. because they want to live. But he's working at odds with the rest of the crew. Uh, right. But yeah, I can remember. I, I get the reasoning behind it. He's, you know, sacrificing himself and everyone else down there as well to protect right. everyone. I mean, he doesn't do a good job because 
the, the when they get out at the end, the creature gets out as well. So right. <laughs> I couldn't remember if he because I knew there was something weird about him. He he obviously is like very as you were saying, he's just checked out. So he he's bad in that respect, but then he kind of flip flops to being you know trying to be this very honorable person who is willing to sacrifice himself and and everyone else to contain the mutant. But I couldn't remember if he was maybe because I knew he had that sort of turn, and I couldn't remember if he was. What's the company's name? Oh, um, I have Atlant- no Transatlantic Drilling or something like that. I didn't make a note I, of the company name. <laughs> that did not strike me as being important. I couldn't, oh, I couldn't uh, remember. Oh, Tri-Oceanic Core. Tri-Oceanic. It's on the Wikipedia page. Like, Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't remember if he was, like, you know, in their pocket, essentially, and, like, try, trying to um, get, a, get a creature or get a sample of the creature. But, yeah, that didn't happen at any point. But yeah, that would be good. At cool. least that didn't happen. At least they didn't rip that off from the Alien franchise. I was... I was Really hoping he'd turn out to be a robot. I just mm. was just hoping so much. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't throw that in there somewhere. That would be, and like, I was expi- I'm surprised like Peter Weller's character wasn't named after somewhere in in Texas, right? Uh, just like he's another Dallas kind of thing, right? Uh, but yeah, I suppose they don't copy the order of deaths. There's actually there's, there's th- almost three people alive at the end. There's two people alive at the end. Yeah, and the the lead of this film very much male throughout it's always peter weller's film uh mm. yeah but anyway i i quite enjoyed this as soon as i picked up that it was an alien ripoff i was like oh i really like alien i don't blame them let's see what they do and it's, right it's a much cheaper looking alien underwater with a an all 80s cast ernie i love when ernie hudson isn't anything ernie hudson's great right <laughs> and he's he's really good here as well ernie hudson definitely one of the mvps has some of the best lines um <laughs> Especially towards the end, which it starts d- to get d- really uh, irate at everything. Right when the the sort of uh, trioceanic boss—I'm forgetting her name—but Miss Martin, <laughs> Martin, when she says, and I agreed with him because I almost like kind of remembered what he, what he was about to say, but she says, "You must have gone through hell." <laughs> He's like, "Gone. We're still there." <laughs> like uh, he just has like the best lines, um, and he's definitely. One of the one of the MVPs, and then um, De Jesus, like they have almost this nice little friendship that quite revolves around puzzles. Yes, which I thought you might appreciate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he he. Uh, <laughs> Ernie Ernie Hudson uh, messes up his puzzle, and then he is seen later trying to reconcile and put the puzzle together with him. And and also in that scene, you could tell that whenever somebody puts on headphones so that they can't hear what's going on in the other room, you know that the other person is about to die and, and hence the headphones, they can't hear them being murdered or being eaten or whatever. But yeah, either that, either, yeah. Either they're not going to hear somebody dying or they're not going to hear a killer killing coming behind them and taking them out. Either right. way, not a good result for someone nearby. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, love, love, love every cast member, you know, Elizondo, um, Peter Weller, of course, um, Ernie, uh, as we said, full spoilers, Ernie Hudson, uh, kind of think he very cruelly dies at the end. Like yeah. he's lived, he's made it. And they just sort of, you don't even really, that was another thing I couldn't quite remember how he died. Cause you cannot really see him. He doesn't die in like, even like a really nice glorious way. He just sort of is pushed down and drowns, I guess. So, uh, but yeah, the, the, ca- the cast is one of the best. Like, I was, that's what I was trying to say is I guess it's the, the production end of things and maybe the budget where this kind of suffers because everything else is 
good. You, good cast. I like the dialogue. Um, I mean, the plot and, and story is derivative, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it's not more well known and more respected. Um, I mean, I guess it comes down to the kind of the ripoff qualities, but. And it's directed by George P. Cosmos, who made, uh, he made Rambo First Blood Part 2, he made Cobra, he made Tombstone. Did not know that he did Tombstone. Well, and... he, yeah, Tombstone's got that. Was it him? Was it Kurt Russell? It's got that okay. contentious point to it. But he's the okay. one who's credited for it. And, uh, right. uh, and uh, there's like scenes with Charlton Heston that were directed by Kevin Jar. Uh, yeah, right. the, the directing of Tombstone is all over the place. Listen to Tombstone Minute. We had the uh, okay. host, host of that, uh, uh, Rob and Duff. Kind uh, of a young. kind of a poltergeist um Yes. Toby Hooper's yeah, Spielberg exactly. thing. Okay, gotcha. yeah, If anyone wants uh, to know and, more about that, Tombstone Minute is a podcast I would recommend. It's 210 episodes all about Tombstone. One minute. Well, no, and I'll say, I should, should, I, I was going to say, I can't really be too amazed at the Tombstone thing because I've, I've never quite seen Tombstone. Oh, it's good. Through. Tombstone is, so, is, is very, very good. It's one of the best westerns, I would say. I should watch it and, um, and, and listen to the Tombstone Minute podcast. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I've I've seen the film one time for another podcast, and then listened to the whole podcast, the whole uh, Tombstone Minute. So, but you know, I, I listened to Titanic Minute first, which is the same hosts, and I love Titanic. Oh. And then I was like, I've got to the end. Of that. I thought, what what else have these guys done? Tombstone Minute, great. Let's get back and listen to that. So yeah, <laughs> and then I had them on the podcast. <laughs> That's how podcasting works. <laughs> <laughs> He also directed um, a, a Shadow Conspiracy, like the Charlie Sheen, Donald Sutherland film with uh, Linda Hamilton from 97. It's a film I, I, I vaguely remember, but I'm not sure I've ever seen. It's one of those just like political thrillers from from the 90s. Uh, is that the last thing he did? Yes. Um, yes. Models? Okay, yeah, that's why that stuck out in my head. Uh, he's, um, he's now passed away. So right. That was the last thing he would ever, ever do. <laughs> <laughs> um. He he is sadly not around for the uh, Leviathan uh, Renaissance. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but then even I was kind of surprised at um, just from looking them up. I don't I did not know his his name uh, um, you know off the top of my head. But the screenwriter Jeb Stewart, I guess, did Die Hard, um, or at least he he you know I think. I think he's, I don't think he's the only screenwriter credited to some of these, but Die Hard, uh, Fugitive, The Fugitive rather, is, uh, um, something that I really like. Um, yeah. so it's got, you know, it's got some good, it's got a good pedigree. So I don't know, um, why it's not more, uh, well known. Yeah. He did the, the Die Hard screenplay along with, uh, Stevie D'Souza based on Roderick Thorpe's novel. Uh, but right. you know, that's, I, I, I'm not sure how much of Die Hard is in the novel. Uh, it feels more like a, a film than a, than a book. Obviously, it's a film. Uh, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I think Stephen D'Souza is more known for writing Die Hard, but that okay. could just be he has a better publicist. I don't know. Could uh, be. Jeb Stewart does have his name on a lot of a lot of uh, good films. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like another 48 Hours, uh, Lock Up. Uh, okay. <laughs> David Tuohy is also credited to The Fugitive, as is Roy Huggins. Yeah, I'm well, not sure. Well, he's, he's credited as characters, so. I'm not sure Jeb Stewart's done anything on his own. But either way, mm-hmm. he seems to be a good punch-up guy or right. man to have involved. He's, I, I enjoyed, we, we talked about the dialogue already. I, I, uh, you know, I, I laughed at some of these lines, some of this dialogue. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, um, <laughs> I like when, uh, you know, when, um, 
uh, when after Daniel Stern becomes infected and dies from uh, an unknown virus, uh, it's described as being, it's not a day at the beach. But yeah, like, he died. A guy died. I undersell it much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, the, the, the main plot here is, uh, whilst there's some pranking involving this, uh, this uh, face crawler between Daniel Stern's character Sixpack and Amanda Pay's character Williams, uh, and so they get put on like a drilling, outdoor drilling duty the next day. Uh, they're, let's say they're three days away from their, fo- I thought they were down there for years. When, it, when they kept saying, oh, I've been down there a long time, because I'd missed that opening credit of day 87 of 90. Mm. So I was watching this film, like, oh, they've been down there. Like, presidents <laughs> have changed since they've been down there. Uh, <laughs> they're finally getting out. But no, it's, they've been, they haven't been down there three months. Which is still a long time. You know, we were all, right. we were stuck inside our houses for a few months last, last year, and I can imagine it being worse if you're underground, underwater, even. Right. Uh, so yeah, I, I get why ten- tensions are fraying, and uh, but they they find out on day eighty seven and ninety that Richard Krenner can speak more than one language, and I feel like that, that would have come up before now. Uh, right? <laughs> how much do you have to talk about, honestly? Um, <laughs> so yeah, they are uh, do this out, outdoor exploration, and Daniel Stern dis- disappears, and they spent ages. They spent ages looking for him. It's like a real like five ten minute sequence. Of Williams going very slowly, <laughs> trying to find him, and everyone uh, on, on board the the, the station all hunting around like, where is he? Where is he? And he's just he just wandered off. He went and found this Russian ship and found a safe in it, and they just this this unnecessary tension. But in this safe, uh, there's documents, there's medical records. A lot of people died, and there's a, a bottle of vodka and a hip flask. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the bottle of vodka gets like, emptied, but the hip flask Daniel Stern screws that away, drinks a little. Give something to another, another uh, crewman, crewmate, Bowman, and then he starts to get a skin rash, uh, which kills him, <laughs> uh, and turns him into a weird. And I, it's I'm not entirely sure what it does, because it right. it gives him a skin rash that kills him, and then later it like morphs his DNA into like a tentacle. It's kind of like the thing mm-hmm. meets Alien, where he, he gets this weird, uh, yeah, weird tentacle thing, um, becomes a weird creature. That escapes, but gets killed, and then uh, that gets passed from person to person, very much like the thing. Is is there was there scales growing too? Did I imagine that? And they I felt, feel like they they, they kind of work because I think uh, De Jesus yeah. says comments on like oh right. like scales on him, and the doctor's like oh, who told you this? What was? Um, but yeah, he he, <laughs> he saw it. Uh, so yeah, right. it's it's a, an aquatic creature uh, of some kind that lived in. It's like a virus or something in this mm-hmm. in this alcohol that they hid mm-hmm. that must have tasted like alcohol because he's drinking it. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I, I think it turned out that it was something created by the Russians to to kill them. Yeah, or I wasn't Homo quite... Aquaticus maybe. <laughs> Homo um, yes. <laughs> and that was one of my favorite uh, lines. Peter Weller says, "You know what's next? We're going to just grow a race of bird people." Yeah, and that's the sequel. Five the two bird people. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, no, I didn't that. that. <laughs> Leviathan two with the birds, right? It's, yeah, it's just a rip off of the birds this time rather than Alien. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or Birdemic. Or Birdemic, yes. Birdemic two. Maybe that was the plot of Birdemic two. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a Birdemic two. Uh, I, did, I never saw Birdemic one. I'm fine with that. Um. So yeah, and like the the tentacle, at one point it it turns into a different. It turns like a lamprey, like a little eel. 
that right. goes into dehazus. It can like transform from one aquatic creature to another, kind of. Yeah, it's, it's just a, kind of it's doing whatever undefined. it wants for the most part. <laughs> yeah, it, right. it just does what's needed by the script. So yeah, it's like whatever the budget could accommodate that day on, on set. <laughs> what have we got the gear for today? Let's do that. <laughs> so yeah, so it, it goes into uh, Daniel Stern first, and then Bowman. So it, it kills Daniel Stern. He he just dies and gets checked out by the doctor, uh, whilst right. everyone else is out on the, getting the rest of their quota. They need to get twenty five tons on their final day, or only get, get half a pay for that month, uh, which would suck. That's a terrible rule. Like if they were just a few. A little bit short of their deadline. That, that's awful management. Uh, but I suppose <laughs> it did inspire them to get on and do it, so it worked. Right. Um, and then Bowman gets taken out and she kills herself in the shower. Yeah. She's won it because yeah. It's, it's grim. Uh, right. Uh, she did it very quick. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Running the hot water. Yeah. Uh, we'll skip over that. Uh, not a fan of talking about that. So. Uh, there was a bit where she and Peter Weller shared a bottle of water. After coming back from doing their, their their work, they come in, they share some water. I thought, oh no, it's it's a double bluff. Peter Weller's not the star of this film. He's going to die next because they just, nope, that's nothing. It's nothing. It just happened and then it's nothing. So that's <laughs> not how it's transferred. Because <laughs> mm. I thought, oh, this really is alien. You know, he's <laughs> he's Tom Skerritt, but no, he's Peter Weller. Right. He's Sigourney Weaver in this film. Uh, never runs around in his underwear. There are no cats to save. <laughs> no one is... Jo- oh, unless we go with... Is William supposed to be Jones, the cat? Uh, that would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, that, so she gets taken out next. Then it's a little while before we get another kill. I think it's... De- is it De Jesus next? Because well, there's... Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, he Cause has... I think it's... I th- don't they think he... Don't, uh... Um, there's a part, there's a part where they think it's gone. Yeah, because, because so, so it's Bowman, uh, and, uh, Six Pack, they sort of like jettison that. Yeah. The tentacle. Yeah, the tentacle survives. Away, like the fresh shot survives. So they think at that point they've gotten rid of it, and then all of a sudden, the Jesus is getting killed. Yeah. And, yep. and yes. that's when the puzzle, the puzzle bros. <laughs> puzzle bros for life. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Hazel gets taken out, and then uh, Cobb, who is Hector Rosondo, is like the, the seasoned old guy in the crew. Uh, right. and he's told to like watch. Okay, oh yeah, because uh, Ernie, <laughs> I love this scene. Ernie Hudson and De Jesus are in a room together, and um, that's when yeah they're having the puzzle fight, uh, and then there's just Eel launches out and grips onto De Jesus's arm and wraps around his chest, right. and Ernie Hudson's there and just runs away. Right. <laughs> He's like back and back and, away and from seals his him in. Yeah. And seals him in. <laughs> Puzzle friendship is over. Yep. Like <laughs> any other film he'd have like grabbed an axe or a this, this, right. we don't know they have flamethrowers, he would have grabbed something to like try and burn it off, but he's just like, Nope. Staying away from you. So he yeah, he, he, he runs off the like what's the doctor gonna do? Like Yeah, he runs off to get the doc and he tells Hector Rosondo does Cobb to stand by the door and watch. And Cobb does not do this. He, he wanders off to go and get a weapon or get something else, I think. So Jesus yeah. escapes. And the next time we see them, uh, it, it's like mutated into some other big creature that scratches Cobb in the chest and infects him. So that's how it... So it can be transferred that way by scratching, but not by sharing a bottle with someone. 
the rules are loose. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, it was it was a real giant like leech like thing on on De Jesus. Uh, right. It's disgusting. Yeah, that, that was that was a disgusting, intense part because he's just dr- desperately trying to get it off of him and it just keeps latching onto him. Pretty intense. Um, and eventually, he's just kind of stood there. He just kind of accepted it. You know. Right. Have you seen you seen Life? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to spoil life because I think people should watch it, but I really like life. And the, and the first death that happens in life is maybe the worst death I've seen in a film. Uh, hmm. like just trying to like, imagine experiencing it. What happens to that character? Uh, where the creature like goes inside them. Okay. And wrecks havoc in there. Yeah. Cause like that character is alive whilst this happening and they're just feeling right. this thing ripping their organs apart. And it's, yeah. I don't like thinking about that, and I don't like thinking about just having this giant leech slug-like thing gripping onto your your torso and wrapped around your body, and you can't do anything about it, (laughs) and your friends just run away from you. Your friend runs away. (laughs) Yeah. But the uh, the guy who plays De Jesus, uh, Michael Carmine, an actor I'm not familiar with, he really sells this death. He, like, he... Yeah. It looks painful. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. He does a good job. Yeah, it's definitely one of the reasons it's such an intense, nasty scene, is he did a pretty good job. Yeah, he's not he's not been in a lot. Oh, that's uh, he passed away shortly after this film was made uh, oh, no. in 1989. So yeah, this was his second to last film. He was in uh, Batteries Not Included and Invasion USA and an episode of Mash, uh, but not a lot. So yeah, that's a shame. Uh, R.I.P. Michael Connor. He was only 30. Good yeah. Uh, anyway. This is proving to be a depressing episode of Deep Blue Sea, the podcast. <laughs> uh, new listeners, we are normally more upbeat than this. Listen to our shows on Cliffhanger and well, Catherine they're... Island. <laughs> oh, well, uh, let's let's talk about the <laughs> cool getting ready for battle montage that comes like right after that. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's when they kind of get out the very like alien-esque uh, flamethrowers uh, flame and they're, all the weird drills. giant flamethrowers. These are like... A video game weapon flamethrower is a huge. I'm shocked people can carry them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the like, uh, uh, like reciprocal drills that are that everyone has in different sizes and, and like chainsaws uh, of weird, like, yeah. different shapes and there's like a trapezium chainsaw. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> doing all kinds of things with these weapons, it's great. Kind of a short montage though. Like it wasn't that long. It was, it was just like they kind of right when they got going, it was over. But I'll take it. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, uh, I'd love a good tournament montage. Like we had Aquaman last week. I loved the bit where Manta's configuring the weaponry to work into his helmet. It's not a lot. Yeah. It's not a big scene, but it's a fun scene. I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like some good uh, people doing some engineering on their weapons. It's always fun to yeah. see. Uh, but yeah, so they do the the classic. Uh, horror movie thing. Everyone split up, and so uh, <laughs> Peter Weller and Ernie Hudson head off. Richard Crenner and and Hector Elizondo head off, and then Amanda Pays Williams just appears and scares the, scares the crap out of Peter Weller and Ernie Hudson. Always good right. to have that because they don't know where she is. She's off for a jog. They're in this underwater yeah. lab, and she's off. She's jogging around. Great jogging with the big giant some sort of aqua duct tunnel running above her head uh, on the station. Do we see the creature in there, by the way? And that leads me to the creature is always just sort of watching everyone. He's like up in the rafters at different well, yeah, there's, stages. There's, there's like uh, some water. There's some in, indoor water channel for some right. reason in this place. 
and the creature is like moving through that and she like runs over a grate that's on top of it and then we see the creature's like tentacle kind of submerge and swim away like it's been watching her. right like it's michael myers or something which is just delightful <laughs> always just kind of around watching everybody yeah it's it's uh, i don't did, did you ever see the deep blue sea sequels no i haven't yet haven't yet okay uh well there's a, a bit in in two that is my favorite part of two it's one of my favorite parts of two where uh there's a, a character by michael beach who is uh he's got the <laughs> he's got he's got this serum that when he takes it it makes him intelligent like super intelligent i'm hoping i'm selling the film more to you by saying these things. <laughs> Uh, when he takes it, he can see like the Matrix. It's fantastic. It's glorious. Mm-hmm. And when he takes it, he then talks to his lawyer about killing some mutant sharks. This is very early in the film. And as he's saying that, watching at the window is a mutant shark. And it's just <laughs> I, I right at the window, watching and judging him. <laughs> so whenever I see a monster just watching and sliding away, I always think of, of Bella at the window in Deep Sea 2. Uh, just a, <laughs> a, a glorious scene. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's, that's a lot of fun. But yeah, so they've, They've split up, they're roaming around, they've got their flamethrowers, and Cobb, what happens to Cobb? He, he dies, I know that much. Uh, oh yeah, Rich, Richard Krenner secretly launches all of the, all the right. like, bubbles. They're not like, the they're bubbles. Not, like, they're bubbles, they're literal bubbles. <laughs> they right. keep on talking throughout the film, like, we've got to take these bubbles up. There's the, the bubbles that we can take up. And up on the surface, the, Miss Martin, she keeps on fobbing them off saying, uh, we've got to delay your extraction. There's a storm. There's a hurricane. They're hiding right. the weather reports from them, so they think that she's lying. Turns out, yeah, she absolutely is. So it's right. rather clear. Uh, but yeah, Richard Crenner <laughs> launches these bubbles, so they can't go up. Turns out, didn't need them. That's just, they have suits. They'll be fine. <laughs> they, right, the suits have bubbles. Some sort of propulsion bubble on the poster, by the way. A pretty cool poster, actually. Is that that the poster actually is? Uh, I guess Peter Weller, although it looks like a picture, it's a, it's a drawing, you know, it's like a hand drawn, uh, poster, and it looks like Peter Weller's face is just like two dimensional taped to the helmet. And then <laughs> it's just, she's in a bikini, um, I think. I mean, I guess, I guess that happens when they take the suits off, but it just looks like she's just like in a bikini holding on as he's going up. Yeah. And one of her flippers is coming off. Pretty cool poster, but. It is, it, it's unfortunate that the, the... When they get into these suits, the only person that we see stripped down to get in is is the surviving woman, and everyone right. else is just kind of fully clothed. And she's like, "No, I have to right. be in my, in my underwear." Uh, <laughs> and yeah, when uh, as the the suits kind of break apart as they're designed to do, apparently she's the one that we see from from below, uh, like the the butt shot as she's surfacing. So just she also we get like an obligatory. Um... She's like mourning and traumatized and, and strips down and gets in the shower in her underwear to yep. cry. Absolutely. Um, so that happens twice. Yeah. And, well, and, and the, the other female character dies in the shower. So we see her get in the shower as well. Uh, there's something about the, the woman in this film, Sharon. And, and we also learn that Williams is, uh, she's due to become an astronaut. Uh, like mm-hmm. a few, a few days after she, they, she surfaces, she, her astronaut training starts. So. <laughs> Uh, I mean, great. I just, That's I just needed evil. one line of dialogue in this film of like, it's a good thing we've got these bubbles and/or suits that mean we have, we won't get the bends going up. They decompress us really well because like we watched the Abyss a couple of weeks ago, 
and there's whole reams of dialogue when they're going down from Michael Bean and Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio saying like, "Ah, oh, once we're down here, it's, oh god, go through two weeks of decompression before we can get out of this place." And like, mm-hmm. spoiler in the Viathan, they're deeper than they were in the Abyss. Uh, so, <laughs> like, that would have been the same thing here. It's like what three years difference between the releases? I can't remember when the Abyss came out. Right. So, well, just... the suits. The suits. I, I, the only thing I noticed, you know, I wrote down in my notes, no decompression. I think the suit screen, one of the screens at one point says decompression. It just says decompression. So I guess that's the only thing that we have to I know just, that would it been, something's happening. Would it have killed them to put a line of dialogue in there? If they are, you know, we get out of here in 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 three days. I can't wait to use these suits. They do this, just something. And this was actually the, the same year as the Abyss. They're both eighty nine. So maybe that's one of the reasons why Leviathan got forgotten. It kind of got buried by the Abyss, being a more right. high-profile film, potentially. Uh, maybe there's, I mean, the, the, the director's cut of the Abyss, right, is the one that says, references the decompression thing. Because they would have died, but they're like, oh, the aliens did something to us. I think that's in the, so maybe there's a director's cut of Leviathan. Maybe, yes. Where, uh, where um, the Jesus says something, I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll assume. We'll, we'll start working on it. Okay. So, it's noticed that Cobb is ill. He's been scratched. He's dying. He's got, he put some bandages around his, his midriff. Uh, he, he doesn't survive. Does he, does he just fall down and die? I can't remember what, what happened. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I don't remember what happened to him. According to Wikipedia, he, his condition worsens, causing him to mutate and infect Doc, which is not something that I remember. Yeah. I think we just see him in the big thingy blobby. With that's when Peter Weller sees De Jesus, and I think he's in there too. I don't know. Uh, well, I, either way, Cobb <laughs> dies, infects infects the Doctor, who then goes full the thing and mutates, oh, mutates into a giant. <laughs> his hand, Cobb's hand, is like got teeth in it. Is that? Oh yes. Oh hell yes. And, and Doc is like, is that when he gets bit or something and runs off? Maybe. I think I think you're right. Yeah, because that, that's that. when when he, that's when he launches the the the, the bubbles. I think. That's yeah. That's kind of like remember the thing where the guy's chest has teeth. Yeah. Well, here we've got teeth in the guy's hand. His hand has teeth. Teeth hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that that just came to me. That's the only thing. That's the last thing I remember about him. And then Doc runs off. I think. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, then Doc does the bubbles, and then uh, it's it's our, our three other ones: Williams, Ernie Hudson, and Peter Weller. Uh, who uh, Ernie Hudson remembers that Cobb showed him something down in the maintenance shaft that helped that will help them in some way. I didn't pick up right. on what that was. So they have the maintenance shaft exploration, uh, which I think is it, it, when Ernie Hudson and Peter Weller go down to sort that out. Is the first time Williams gets to have a weapon in the film. Uh, she hasn't been allowed one before now. She gets the giant flamethrower, which is, mm. looking at it now, the size of her head and torso combined. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you put legs on it, it's the same as her. Uh, it, it's a ridiculous weapon. Like, for how big it is, it must be completely hollow for anyone to be able to hold that thing. Right. And just like the four little flickering flames on the end of it. Yeah. And I, I, again, they're in a pressurized, underwater, limited oxygen days away from evacuation, so limited supply of everything. And they walk around with these giant flamethrowers. This is not a good environment to be doing that in, I think. Uh, well, I mean, the air's not a problem because they circumventilate the air. I forgot. They, they, they script <laughs> out, yes. Uh, they, 
which is not a word, not a, not anything. I I tried to Google that. That's not used anywhere. I don't think. Um, well, so, that's just circ- they've just put circumvent and ventilate together, haven't they? So right. That's, I mean, I I applaud it. That's wonderful. That's that's. It sounds like it could be a real word. <laughs> well, the only time I saw it used on Google kind of was like someone used in I guess some sort of court document circumventilate instead of circumvent. <laughs> It was literally like someone had written that out and put like the sick in parentheses after circumventilate because they got circumvent incorrectly. So it does exist online, but not. I was expecting like a quote from this movie to pop up, but it didn't. But <laughs> it's it's so uh, unwell known, so unknown that <laughs> even it's the only script to feature the word in still doesn't come up. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get it. Uh, it's gonna be the word of the year here. Next, <laughs> there's, next there's like, year the name of your new blog. Circumventilate. <laughs> Circumventilate. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, they, Ernie Hudson and Peter Weller encounter the creature with, uh, Doc's face still on it. Uh, right. Down in, in the basement area of this place and mm-hmm. run away, justified. And so then we get numerous scenes of the three of them running along corridors trying to get through these giant circular doors that are, uh, automatically closing because Doc's started a, uh, uh, Auto destruct sequence, J- just like just like an alien. There's mm-hmm. a self destruct countdown time, and they're struggling to get out in time. But it's less elaborate than alien because they don't set it off, then try and not set it off, fail to do that, and then try and get out, which is why alien is fantastic. Uh, one of my favorite films, great film. Watch alien. Don't Leviathan is <laughs> fun, but watch alien. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you're gonna watch something again, don't. I- I'm gonna start referring to alien as Leviathan in space, uh, but. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so they're running through these corridors. Uh, everything's falling apart because the creature's wrecking havoc around it. And at one point, uh, Ernie Hudson is in the middle of the door, the door frame, mm-hmm. pushing the door open. The door is trying to close this giant circular door that's a bit bigger than he is. And not getting crushed. No, somehow not getting crushed. But uh, <laughs> Williams has fallen down. Uh, down just a bit. A panel's fallen out when she's fallen down. And then uh, Peter Weller is getting attacked by a tent, the tentacle monster. And it just about makes it. And it wasn't just getting crushed by this door, but they all, they all just about managed to get through. And it's genuinely tense. I thought someone was going to get crushed. I was a little disappointed mm-hmm. that nobody was, if I'm honest. Uh, <laughs> but we'd run out of people that we could kill at that point. Right. For now. But it's, it's, it's a fun sequence. I liked the action sequence of just big circular door closing. Nothing right. in this film looks expensive. Uh, but like, <laughs> that was, that was well done for what was happening. And what did you think of the creature design, actually? This is Stan Winston did the, the creature of Exit, the, the the great stand with them, of so many mm. wonderful projects. I missed that. That is surprising. Um, I mean, I've it has seen very, like we said, just kind of whatever they want to do, whatever they feel like doing that day on set. <laughs> Take a um, on it. Stick some teeth here. <laughs> but then I guess it, yeah, I guess it sort of has its like final Pokemon form <laughs> that looks kind of goofy. Like it doesn't. Like when it showed up, I didn't even remember it looking like that. Um, Leviathan, I choose you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's yeah. It, I don't even know how to describe it. It kind of has like a horse type face, maybe a seahorse, even I don't know. Yeah, it, it's just a, a, a big. It's, it, that's the thing. It doesn't have a. There's not a, a real memorable look to this thing. You don't ever get a yeah. really good gl- like, glimpse of it. it. It's a lot of quick shots of a tentacle with teeth on the end of it. Or right. just a just a weird writhing mass. There's, there's some bits that look kind of 
kind of alien-esque, like the, the spine and the legs and things early on. But you'd never get a shot of, this is it. It's always, it's constantly changing. Yeah. Which, if you think about The Thing, uh, which again, one of my favourite films, love The Thing, better than Leviathan, you'd get quite a lot of clear, distinct shots of, it's a head with spider legs running around. Uh, mm-hmm. I, it, the, the, the worst iteration of The Thing for me is the final one, when it's this big writhing monster with like a dinosaur head and people's faces on it. That, I never really liked that one. I like all the smaller, distinct, you can imagine it. There's the, the teeth in the torso. Great one. Uh, there's mm-hmm. the, during the, the blood sequence when it rides up out of the sofa. Uh, that, that giant thing. These, these real distinct monsters. And then it, in Leviathan, it's bits and pieces glued together. So if you were to go onto the Stan Winston School of Character Arts website, they have a whole, I mean, a really long, like, oral history on Leviathan (laughs) that looks like they had done it in 2019. A look behind the scenes of Leviathan. Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't even notice that. So skipping ahead when they're out on the ocean and it's out there, because that's the clearest that we see of it. And I was going to say it sort of has, like, catfish-type mandible whisker things. And I didn't even notice. There's a clear picture here on. on um, yeah, I'll send this to you. It's kind of got like an, an angler head, anglerfish head to it. Right, almost. and it's got it's got like somebody's. It's I guess a, that's maybe De Jesus on yeah, top. A, I didn't even notice that during with the, an arm. Right. <laughs> hmm. You, you almost just that almost doesn't improve it. They should have just taken that off. No, I think. But yeah, there's that looks great. I just, I just I didn't see that in the film. I didn't either. Like. I don't remember it at that point having like thing type human fusion creatures coming off of it. Um, but yeah, they, it looks, I mean, if you, I was going to say, if you were to look at this and then watch the movie, you'd be, be, you know, disappointed because it looks pretty good here. Um, yeah, this is a really long, they've got like suit, suit diagrams and all kinds of stuff. Well, I'm going to have to have a look at this. Cause, yeah, I, I, like, like we said, I'd never heard of this film, so I had no idea Stan Winston was involved in it until I watched it, and then I felt I didn't see enough of the creatures to say this is a great Stan Winston project, but I feel like, looking at, scanning through this now, he clearly put... This is clearly Stan Winston level of creature yeah. that were just underserved by the filmmaking. <laughs> they weren't given the opportunity to show it off enough. Because he also, he also like designed the suits, or made the suits. That's on there too. So this was filmed in Italy. You know, it's, 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 I think what is one, at least one of the producers is the, the nephew of Dino De Laurentiis. Okay. And I mean, it's got a De Laurentiis vibe to it, if that makes sense. I was going to ask you, like, if you agree with that. I don't even know if you were to ask me what I mean by that. I don't even really know. I don't know. But it definitely has a De Laurentiis vibe to it. So I'm just watching the scene where this final creature rears up at the end and takes out any Hudson. And it's shot so close up. Yeah. Uh, like, you see little bits of the creature's chin or an eye. You never see the whole thing. So I don't know whether it just it didn't move properly. But it mm-hmm. just, I would just needed one wide shot, and I would that would be burned in my head forever. But anyway. Uh, so, uh, Delorentis feel to it. I, what do you mean by it? Uh, for, for, no. for the listeners who may not know, uh, what what else has Dino Delorentis done? I mean, what comes to mind is, like, Conan, right? Conan the Barbarian? Which I've never seen. I mean, and again, this is not Dino De Laurentiis. It's, like, Aurelio De Laurentiis, maybe? The two producers are 
De Laurentiis names. Okay, um, his his nephew was a radio De Laurentiis, yeah. 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 So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's the budgetary restraints. I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's shot in Italy, but there isn't even really any extras that you see. I mean, you see like some on the station at the end or the, the like the, the, what am I trying to say? The, um, Oil, why am I blanking on the word? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're um, trying to say. But just, just looking at uh, Radio's filmography, he did mainly Italian films. And yeah. This was actually one of his first films, in his first like six or seven films. But the, the only other English language one that's really popping out to me is Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Mm. A film I do not hate. Uh, yeah. But that also will never be called successful. No. Um but yeah, most of all, he did like a couple of Christmas films here and there. It seems something called My Best Enemy, uh, but otherwise mainly uh, Italian language. So, which not to diminish those, they could be fantastic. I just have no idea what they are. Whereas, yeah, Dino did like the the Evil Dead sequels, uh, mm-hmm. the 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 Hannibal franchise for the most part, Blue Velvet, Firestarter. Yeah, the Conans that Flash Gordon. He did Flash Gordon. Mm. A fantastic film, <laughs> glorious film. Uh, I, oh, he did another film we'll be covering at some point. He'll do Orca. Oh. Uh, in 77. And he did the 76 King Kong, which is terrible. I was going to say, I don't think that this is even under the ba- the De Laurentiis uh, company, like, banner, if you will. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, the opening credits, I don't remember. But, anyway. I, I need to look into that. I don't know why I get, like, a Italian De Laurentiis vibe off of this, but I do. Because I was I was looking into it a bit, a bit, and the only thing that was popping up is like Jallo Italian horror, which yeah. obviously this is not that at all. No, we'd see a lot more. I would argue there's a, a De Laurentiis vibe. Like, I need to d- define what that is. <laughs> well, it's not. It's also it's produced by both a radio and Luigi, who was mm-hmm. Dino's brother and a radio's dad. Uh, so so it's, it's like a, a father son uh, De Laurentiis. Uh, Seems to be team here. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. we need to find out what else he produced. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Italian uh, films, and then Leviathan at the end. So mm. something called Macaroni. I think the son is still very active as uh, a producer. Well, a radio. I was seeing some. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he's pretty, he's pretty producing something this year. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, good for him. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, so they. I don't know why we got on that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's still with the film, why not? So yeah, they, yeah. they make it through the circular doors, they get suited up, and then uh, Peter Weller's like, i got to stay here and face off with the creature. So he sends Williams and uh, Ernie Hudson out in their suits, and they go, after Williams strips down. And he stays back, fights the creature, doesn't do a great job. <laughs> no. Because it's a huge thing with loads of tentacles and claws, and he's just a guy. But he manages to get into a suit, and knock the thing out so that when he goes down, there's this big circular platform that they go down and it's got a, well, the creature's head kind of lolls out of it and he manages to decapitate mm-hmm. the head or slice it, slice part of it off. And then you get this blood splash all over his, his suit face, which is great. And then he's immediately underwater so it gets washed off. So that's cool. So you think, ah, oh, yeah, it's dead. Moving on. Wonderful. Gets out, goes up to the surface. Decompresses, suit breaks apart in pieces, kind of like a space shuttle going up. Get to the surface, and helicopters coming to come get him. Uh, everyone's fine. Then creature, then there's sharks. Then there's uh, sharks. There's the sharks. I wrote, I wrote shark cameo. Yeah, it's it's 
It's not just the water that makes it deeply sea adjacent. There's also a bunch of sharks at the end that do nothing. <laughs> they just right. they, they swim up. They, they bump they, into them a little bit. <laughs> they bump into them and then swim away. And you think, oh, why are they swimming away? Oh, it's because the creature's still alive and it's going to come up and it's going to kill any other. Uh, fine. It's a shame. You made it to the surface, but, but that's it. And then a uh, helicopter comes, picks up Peter Weller and, and Williams. Um, I don't know why throughout this it's been Peter Weller actor name Williams character name but Amanda Pays less well known I think I keep forgetting her name right uh, so they they make it back to this oil rig where uh, Ms. Martin oil rig that's that's the word oh, I, I was blanking <laughs> on the word rig earlier for some reason my god well we made it now I'll, I'll edit it back in uh, <laughs> um, so they make it there Miss Martin's there to greet them she's like, oh so good you made it wonderful and then as we're watching that I said to my wife oh great if you just punch her in the face and then you punch her in the face <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but the, the it's it's a wonderful walk by punch because Peter yep. he's got his arm around Amanda Pays and they do not break stride. It doesn't look right. like the the arm around her is is modified in any way. It's just punch in the face, carry on going, and I don't think that's possible. <laughs> I think no, he would have had to separate from from Amanda Pays at some point to prevent her from getting punched as well. Or having some kind of a collateral damage from that? Maybe it's the adrenaline. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> He's just able to pull that off. I mean, at least she came down there to say hi. You know what I mean? Oh, she's trying hi. to cover it up. I think right, she's, she's yeah. down there to say, Oh, I was glad you survived. How much is it going to cost for you to be silent? And it's going to at least cost a punch in the face. We do not condone the hitting of women on this podcast. No. Or indeed the hitting <laughs> of anyone. I'm right. pretty against violence. But this is a film. So... <laughs> so... We we can't skip over the the line that is is it is up there with um, smile you son of a bitch uh, say ah motherfucker <laughs> say ah and the way he delivers that line it is in a, that is the one story that I wanted to tell about watching this last year I recorded that and like sent it on a gr- on a on a group text to, to some friends because I just thought it and, and it's just so random if you have no idea what what movie Leviathan is. <laughs> for RoboCop Peter Weller to be in the water, throwing a, a, a flare? What was it? No? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a flare. He, the, the creature's like screams at him. He's like, say ah. Say ah, mother... And I do want to point out that, that IMDb uh, incorrectly has the line down as say hi, mother... Well, so I wrote down sense. say bye. Oh. So... I don't know if I had... I mean, say ah, motherfucker would make sense because yeah, he's throwing yeah. it in his mouth. Say, but, oh, but say, say hi. Bye. Say hi say, doesn't make sense. Ask say him. hi doesn't make any sense. Say bye does. Say ah does. But say hi, motherfucker doesn't make any sense. Maybe he was throwing a cell phone. Maybe he was throwing a phone at him or something. That would make sense. <laughs> Can you hear me now? <laughs> <laughs> and then the only other thing about that part is I wanted to point out is there is the jauntiest, funnest music that starts playing really i guess right after the monster dies just this bun jaunty uh totally out of place for this movie uh hey i'm just gonna music. cue it up so to have the audio playing so that the the listeners can decide whether they think it's say ah uh, or say bye
it's definitely R. There is not a doubt in my okay. mind that he's saying say R. <laughs> and then I've got the music playing there. It's like the end. It's like Jurassic Park score. Uh, right. It's, it's like, uh, oh, what, it, it's the, the jaunty Jurassic Park score. I think it was at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. It's almost identical. Uh, so that makes me very happy. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it is without a doubt say R. And I have no idea why I wrote down say bye or what fool wrote say hi. I applaud the people that put the quotes into IMDb. They're doing the Lord's work. But th- this person did it wrong. So I've got a, this is going to be my new mission is to get this fixed. I mean, it's not even that great of a line. So we've got to at least have that. It's a wonderful not... line. You take that back. <laughs> say ah, mother. But it, like, it's, it's it's, it takes out Ernie Hudson so quickly. Mm-hmm. It just, it appears and Ernie Hudson's gone. <laughs> and then, right. Cause, um, cause, Amanda Pays is being being like loaded onto a helicopter. A helicopter that lands on the water. Pretty cool. I've not seen one of those before. And she's like, it's got Jones, it's got Jones. And then people turn around and Jones is dead. He's gone. And yeah. he just throws in the flare. Off he goes. <laughs> um, it's a very I quick mean, this, ending. This, this, this creature would 100% not be really dead, by the way, I don't think. Like, Yeah. Well, I was thinking, like, what, what happens to like, if fish eat the, the debris? Hey, yeah, exactly. Or it could just, I'm sure it could just regenerate or something yeah uh, i mean we literally saw it twice get chopped into a smaller bit and that just grew into becomes... a whole new one <laughs> exactly so that doesn't make any sense um i don't know yeah this is this is this is the end of humanity this we've watched there is no yeah. life in two because we did not survive uh, <laughs> no one was around to make it i mean we'd have they'd have to make the bird people to fight the <laughs> aqua people essentially yeah I'd, I'd 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 see that I, I would absolutely see that. Yeah. In the, in the words of the Robocop film, in honor of Peter Weller, I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I was explaining this to a, a friend at work saying, like, yeah, uh, what it was is it's Robocop, but alien underwater. And he just thought it was Robocop, not Peter Weller, but the character Robocop. And I was like, that's, that would be great. That's a better film. <laughs> I want yeah. That. And then we were looking at, like, ah, oh, what, what's Robocop made out of? It's like titanium with a Kevlar coating. He'd survive underwater. That's fine. He's not going to rust. That's where we, that's where our minds go. <laughs> the logistics of this. Let's start making it. Let's go. So, uh, uh, anything else you want to talk about about Leviathan? Any other thoughts? Uh, I think we covered it all. I mean, I, I, I'm, I do want to hear these, um, Deep Blue Sea adjacent, um, comparisons. Uh, I, I have a list. Um, I, I forgot. We, we barely talked about Daniel Stern and how, how delighted I, I was to see his name crop up in the credits. He uh, is vile. Like, I, <laughs> he is just, disgusting like it's everything he does and says yeah because yeah because he's, he's just there's two women on, on on board and he's just lecherous to both of them all the time not subtle about it in the slightest uh williams is clearly in some kind of a relationship with with beck with peter weller but he just doesn't care and he's just all the time leering and awful and as soon as he, he was doing any of that, we yeah. were like, yep, you're going to die first, and it's going to be horrible. And it, it, thankfully oh, it was. So. This is why I, I tried, I was like racking my brain, like, why did I specifically write that he's vile? He spits on the dry erase board at one point to, to, to erase something. And, uh, I just thought that was disgusting and really unnecessary. <laughs> just hawks a loogie on it and wipes it. I think it was like a, well, I don't know. It, it, it would be funny if it was like a zero days since since accident sort of thing. But <laughs> I think he was updating like how many days they had left or something. Yes. But anyway, at one point it gets taken down to one, but they don't correct the uh, the plural. 
So it says one days to go for the rest of the film, and I found that infuriating. Yeah, <laughs> another it's, reason. It's there. For, another I know reason. it's only for one day, but just you've already wiped off the two. Right, well, a, a little less. Just get rid of that two, please, please, for the sake of me. <laughs> uh, but no, they left it up there. Yeah, he's very antagonistic towards De Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I think they're all so they're all glad he died. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His speech about like um, he's you know his speech about seeing um somebody implode on one of his previous missions or whatever that was uh not very nice to De Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, he's just he's I don't I don't think he's a nice guy. Can I go out on there no. and say Daniel Stern's character? It's not like Buzz Sixpack Harris, a parish. Buzz. Yeah. A little home alone. Two funny no. names, Buzz and Sixpack. Buzz is already like a um, nickname. And then he has Sixpack. Yeah. But I, I did like how his, all the uh, the wetsuits, not wetsuits, but you know, the big clunky uh, deep sea diving suits where it all had their, na- their like surnames on them and his said Sixpack on it. So that's not like <laughs> a nickname he accrued whilst he was down there. That's his official yeah. uh, company name. <laughs> Then again, apparently De Jesus isn't his name or nickname. His name is Tony Rodero, and De Jesus is his nickname, mm. according to IMDb. So, <laughs> well, yeah. IMDb got the the line wrong. So there we knows? go. Who, who can say? <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so yes, Deep Blue Sea adjacent things. This is the list that I made going going through the film that I have mm. not read since then, so I cannot remember anything on it. I'm just going to read through it, and if it's all wrong, then it's all wrong. Uh, so some of this is going to be like really tangential, really vague. So starting off with, there's a small group of people working out at sea in an underwater lab. Deep with yep. sea adjacent. Yep. <laughs> uh, one of the characters has a fish tank underwater. They have that in deep, like, I think Janice has a fish tank in her room. Hmm. And there's, there's, I, just the, the logic of having a fish tank underwater, I, I, I love it. It's great. <laughs> uh, that the crew has one random British lady. Um, yep. When he was British, she also is one of the last three. So there's a bitter old guy, which in this one is yep. Hector Elizondo and his Stern and Skarsgård in uh, in Deep Blue Sea. Uh, Daniel Stern has a, a has a men's magazine, has a porn mag. Ed mm-hmm. Cool J finds one. Uh, there's <laughs> big wheel doors, uh, which we haven't even seen. Loads of doors with wheels on them, which is isn't every film with an underwater lab is going to have an underwater door. Don't care. Always going to make a point of it. Uh, there's an incoming hurricane preventing them from leaving, and there's an incoming storm which traps them at uh, Aquatica. The random British lady strips down to her underwear in the shower. Yep, yep, yep that was one of mine. Had to have that one. Uh, this film features the mutation of human DNA. Deep Sea has the mutation of shark brains. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, tenuous. At one point, the creatures are fended off with electronic wires, Elect- electric wires, electricity, as happens in Deep Sea. In the stripping sequence, uh, there's a scene where they're running through steam and dripping water. That's happened to see a few times. Uh, the scene when Williams falls through the grate towards the end, it reminded me of and and Bex reaching down to try and grab her. The framing of it reminded me of Carter trying to reach down and grab Janice off the ladder. Mm-hmm. Witness the base crumble, mm. uh, like when you know when after uh, Sam Jackson dies and Scoggins goes into his his like mind palace. And uh, he's just he can't move, and then Carter's like, "What's going to happen?" And he, he details how everything's going to break and fall apart. We see that here. <laughs> we see the whole base right. falling apart because the pressure's gone. Uh, we right. wrote down as witness base crumble, like Skogs describes. So good. Uh, there's the scene where they're ascending from from, uh, from a depth to the surface, as in DPC, and 
Oh, they explode the big creature out the end. And sharks. Yeah. Yep, sharks. <laughs> kind of shark wrangling, too, a little bit, I think. Would you say? Uh, well, I mean, does Peter Weller... Maybe I'm more thinking of... I think he, like, grabs uh, her and pulls her out of the way or something, but... Yeah. But or but does someone, like, deflect a shark at one point? I don't know. I, I think I'll allow it. And, of course, there's, okay. there's a helicopter. helicopter yeah. Yeah, got to include the helicopter. But the helicopter does not explode in this film. So we, we could not have Will Slater on to talk about it. It just couldn't happen. No. But something else I'd like to do is work out how deep and blue these films are. Uh, because I am a crazy person with nothing better to do. Actually, I have many other better things to do. But it's become a thing at this point. So, uh, Robert, Deep Blue Sea is approximately 47.5 feet deep and 31% blue. Do you reckon Leviathan is on average deeper and or bluer than Deep Blue Sea? Uh, I don't think bluer, no. But do you think it's deeper? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, when we did Aquaman last week, uh, Aquaman worked out about minus 10,000 feet deep on average. Um, uh-huh. So I thought that's, that's going to be the most we ever do. Then along comes Leviathan, which I just want to say thank you to the opening, just the opening text on the screen. This film opens right. with a little caption saying 16,000 feet deep. <laughs> it's it's right. I don't have to do any work for this film. It's like it, it opens with sixteen thousand feet deep, and then it just stays at that depth. They, they don't right. go deeper. They don't go sh- like they, they go like a story deeper, like a little bit, a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. But for almost the entire film, uh, up until the, like like ten minutes before the end, everything's at that depth. A couple of few cutaways to Miss Martin up on the surface. So. Mm-hmm. Average depth is is fourteen thousand seven hundred feet deep. Once again, my graph is in tatters. It just extended further and further and further. I've got the first uh, eight films we covered straight line. They're all just just on the set. Like, there is no <laughs> differentiation between them. And we've got a big jump up for cliffhanger because that's up in the air. We've got a little tight. <laughs> what was a big step down for the abyss is now. Like practically nothing. <laughs> the abyss, on average, is is like three thousand feet deep. Who cares? Uh, and then it's uh, then it's uh, Aquaman, big jump down, and then sizable jump down from that one down to Leviathan. It's mm. just insane. We did like I, I think if we did the core or Journey to the Center of the Earth, that's the two right. deeper films I can think of. <laughs> at this point, but who knows? Like I didn't know how deep Levi- this. I don't know what happens in Orca. I could go even deeper. I couldn't tell you. And in terms of blueness, you're right. It's it's about 20% blue, which is bluer than I thought. Because uh, watching this, pretty much everything that takes place inside of the base, there's there's nary a blue thing to be seen. Daniel Stern wears a blue dressing gown at one point, and uh, Peter Weller wears a blue hat. There's some blue mm-hmm. things. Whenever someone's using a computer, there's going to be like a little bit of blue on the computer. Uh, but not a lot. But everything that takes place in, in, in the water is completely blue, 100% blue. So mm-hmm. it gains a lot of points there. So 20% blue, minus 14,000. Yeah, I just remember <laughs> the beginning is the, the they're kind of descending. It's very, like, tropically blue. Yes. Uh, it's kind of the wrong feeling for what the movie is, but it was pretty. <laughs> so if wondering, it, <laughs> it's minus bank. two and three quarter miles deep. Wow. <laughs> it's a fair old way. I don't think we're going to get any deeper than that. 
Right. Because they're, they're drilling at 16,000 feet is basically three miles uh, deep, which, no thank you. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, that's that's Leviathan, available on YouTube. Check it out. It's uh, I had fun. I, I'm glad I watched it. Thank you for I had... for suggesting it. Yeah, no, no uh, worries. The other film that you've potentially recommended looks worse, uh, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> virus, virus, yeah. yeah. I I haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't found it, it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's for the best. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but thank you for coming on to talk about it. Did you have anything to plug? Where can the listeners find you? Um, I mean, 2DEscapePatch.com is still active. Um, a lot of the and movies for all uh, episodes are still on um, really just uh, I, uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, but uh, the the biggest um, like movie-adjacent thing that I can be found doing these days is uh, on Twitter, uh, at Zerbert, um, where I do Fear Better Films. I kind of start three movies and uh finish the one i like the best i've got one lined up for this weekend um horror edition uh in the earth uh peninsula and uh something called i'm actually blanking on the name of it because i've never really heard of it before um but it's on shutter do you guys have shutter uh we we do i've had it in the past to watch a podcast on host uh, which was very good so and uh one cut of the dead but that's I've only I've had I used the free trial. I managed to get a free trial twice. No idea how okay. I did that. Uh, but I, <laughs> I did a free trial and I accidentally let it run past the five days. So I did that to watch um, VHS uh, ninety four, which was good. Uh, it's something called Caveat. Um, okay. That's also on Shutter. See, I, I don't got, blame uh, you for letting it run because there's a lot of great content on Shutter. I just yeah, I, I, mean, you know, I, I live in a house with somebody who hates any kind of horror film, so I never get a chance to watch it. Uh, so that's one when you, you share one TV with somebody who's scared of everything. You just don't, don't get to watch horror films. <laughs> right. But yeah, I think it had a decent rating on, I kind of go off letterbox these days. If anything's like three or higher, I figure it's de- uh, like decent enough to watch. So I'll do that this weekend. And, uh, yeah, I can, I just do that on Twitter. I would love to, if I don't, I wouldn't say I would love to, but if I had to do another podcast, like start another podcast, I think I'd do a podcast based off of, Fear of better films. I would just, you know, I would probably only do it monthly and just have a guest, uh, a guest start the, I, I watched the first 15 minutes of them and, uh, it was just started as a good way. There's so many movies and I just, if you start three and what's the best one, you know, I literally am just like, am I missing out on watching, on watching this as opposed to watching something else? So I just kind of find the best one to watch and, I feel and like watch that. If it were a podcast, you'd have to do like, the first episode would be, I've watched the first 15 minutes of these three films. Mm-hmm. And then the next one, you'd have to do, review the film that you'd watched the entirety of, and then mm-hmm. the first 15 minutes of the next three films. Right. Or you'd, or you'd alternate. Like, three hours, 15 minutes, then one full film. Three, 15 minutes, one full film. Yeah. It could work. So you could do, like, two I a mean, month, one every two weeks. <laughs> right. I definitely, that it would be fun figuring out the format, because... Um, you know, I don't know, a guest could do their own three films or, and I also yeah. just recently for the first time did this based off of movies I'd already seen. I did, um, um, the Da Vinci Code. Um, what is, uh, uh, um, JJ Abrams, like movie from 10 years ago. That's oh, very, Super 8. Super 8. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Super 8. And what was the last one? Oh, The Game. Okay. Which was I had seen that in I'm reading my own. Yeah, it's an now, odd film to just watch 15 minutes of. I feel like that's when you need to finish. Uh, well, I I think the game did win, so I finished that first, uh, and then I did actually end up actually I still need to I fell asleep in like the last 15 minutes of Super 8, so I need to finish that. But and the Da Vinci Code was um, fine. 
I it was it was <laughs> as enjoyable <laughs> as I remember it uh, from from whatever ten years ago or whatever. But have not seen Inferno. I probably will never see Inferno. But oh, Angel, Angels and Demons. Angels and Demons. I would rewatch Angels and Demons. Actually, I, I think that's um, the one that I've seen, but I cannot remember a goddamn thing about it. So mm. uh, good. Okay. Well, so you can find you on Twitter at, at Zerbert is where listeners can track you down and keep yep. an eye on podcast apps for the next decade or so in case fear of better films makes its way in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, keep your fingers crossed. Hold your breath, everyone. It'll be there any, any day now. <laughs> I'll just do it on Twitter as a Twitter spaces. How about that? There we go. Uh, so, uh, listen, you can follow this podcast uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DeepBlueCPod or email us DeepBlueCPod at gmail.com if you have any ideas for other Deep Blue Sea adjacent films we should cover in the future. And you can read some of my writing over at lifeversusfilm.com, Life vs. Film, uh, where I'm trying to go through all of the films on the 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die list. Uh, one film a year? I don't know. It's a very slow process at the moment. Uh, kind of fallen off. I'm trying to get back on that horse. I'm, I'm try- I can't even manage the monthly posts of other little films I've watched, but I'm, I'm getting there. It's going to be fine. And then you can hear me over on the Lambcast uh, once a month. Uh, which is the official podcast of the Large Association of Movie Blogs, The Lamb, largeassmovieblogs.com. Huge collection of online movie blogs. I am the current shepherd of The Lamb. Uh, so I'm once on, a month on The Lambcast doing a movie trivia podcast called Lampity, based on Jeopardy. Always a fun time. Robert was on fairly recently. He was on last month. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually a guest on The Lambcast proper this week. Uh, last week, when this comes out, talking about No Time to Die. New Bond film finally came out. The current host of Lambcast, Richard, and I have a long history of Bond films. When I was hosting, uh, which I did for seven years, I think, uh, the the plan was No Time Slow would come out and that would be my final show and I would retire from Lambcast after that. And then it got delayed for two years and I stayed on for another one. Uh, just kept on dragging. Anyway, we have a history. We finally came out. I had to come and talk about it and that was done over there. So go listen to that. It's a very, very fun show. And you can check out Mark's stuff, moviesfilmsandflix.com, moviesfilms and F-L-I-X for all of his uh, things. So thank you again, Robert, for, for joining us for Leviathan. Thank you. Say bye, mother... <laughs> again, I just, you're just adding editing work. It's a family-friendly <laughs> podcast. I've got to believe every time. Um, it's fine. Uh, I am J- and, and next week, uh, we are sticking with Halloween theme as well, and going for what might be the least Deep Blue Sea adjacent film. We're going for The Descent. It's not aquatic, there's no sharks, but it takes place below surface level, and that's about all we got. So come back next next week for The Descent, a film I've never seen, but I hear terrifying things about, so wonderful. Uh, but as for this week, I'm Jake Lewitt, and we'll deep blue see you next week. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.